This is the Neutral Zone. Welcome to episode 18 of the Neutral Zone. We are a few days into the first week of the NHL season. We've got a lot of things that have happened, a lot of extensions, a lot of news, and we are really excited to have hockey back. My name is Jesse. I am the Rangers admin for the page. I go by the hashtag CriedsMeARiver. This is Brett, the Panthers admin for the page, going by all Barkov, no bite. This is Cass. I'm your favorite Bruins admin, and I go by Neverending Pasta. This is Ethan. I am the Dallas Stars admin, and I go by Double Penetration. Cass always likes to mention that he's our favorite Bruins admin. I don't think I just thought of that. Yeah, nobody likes him. Well, well, <laughs> well. What's ironic is he's saying he's everyone's favorite, not his wife, because she's the other admin. That's rough. That's what I was thinking about too. <laughs> well, right now she needs a new hashtag because uh, AJ Greer is now on the Calgary Flames, so it's no more Pinot Greer. So, well, you've got you guys have a lot of new players, so she has a lot to choose from. Plenty, plenty. Since we were talking about extensions, we've had a lot of extensions that happened. One of the big signings with uh, Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin over in Buffalo. So we've got our Buffalo admin Aiden here along with us as well. Hi, what's going on? I'm Aiden and I go by Tuck Em In. And I'm definitely super pumped about these two extensions happening over the last couple weeks. What are we tucking in? Let's not answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Only one goal, apparently. Um, So (laughs) looking at it, right... uh, Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power both had pretty good seasons last season, 2022-2023. Dahlin put up a career year of 73 points, and Power had put up um, 35 in his rookie year. And both of them have contracts that are very deserving. Um, Dahlin ended up picking up a an eight-year, $11 million average annual value contract, while Owen Power ended up picking up a seven-year million contract. That's a lot of money. (laughs) One thing I'm a little bit, one thing I'm a little bit, I don't know if you're surprised by this. So with Owen Power, this is his first contract following his entry level deal. For Darlene, this is his second. When he first got paid, it was just the, it's the one that's ending this year, a three year, $6 million contract. So even though he's getting paid more than Power right now, Power's technically getting paid more on his first big contract. What do you think about that? I personally think it's a little crazy, right? Because, I mean, Darlene, he definitely earned his contract, right? He got yeah. um, he got in, and he was with Buffalo's awful management at the time, and he had a lot to prove whenever he was playing with it's the team. It's gotten better? I'd like to think so, at least a little. I mean... You know, 91 points, but still no playoffs. Feels good. Uh, but yeah, no. On the cusp. On the cusp. Please, Lord, this has to be the year. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of like saying, do you think Owen Power got paid a little bit more than what you feel he's worth? Um, that It's hard to say, right? Because, I mean, yeah. his rookie year was pretty phenomenal, like compared to how other rookies have performed with the Sabres. Um, and it really does look like he's going to be a solid part of the core. But 
I definitely would say it's just a little much considering he hasn't really proved much in regards to consistency. That being said, in the one game that we have played so far this season, he has put up a point, whereas Brasmus has not yet. Well, that's it. That proves it. Darlene's the bust out of these two, right? Darlene's a bust. <laughs> Trade <laughs> yeah, so him off. That, Trade him off. So that's, what you were saying is basically exactly how I feel. I feel like power, I, I get why they wanted to do both of them, their, their giant contracts at the same time, kind of just like, hey, this is going to be our defensive yeah, core right down. here. Yeah. But I probably would have done a similar bridge deal like they did with Darlene. But for them, if power turns out to be um, just like basically they have two number one defensemen, that deal is going to be great for them going forward. Like year four or five, if he's like one of the top defensemen in the NHL, great deal. But right right now, it's like up in the air a little bit. 100%. I mean, I feel like that's exactly what's going on. Granado and Adams, I feel... I'm pretty sure have a very good feeling that power is going to be one of the core supports of the um, blue line next to Darlene moving forward. But I mean, so long as he can keep up his consistency, it's going to be a fantastic deal. But if he ends up tanking, then, oh man, yeah, that'll hurt. Well, I think what's for me, what's shocking is the timing. Mm -hmm. Because we talked about this when Chris was on, and we talked about like where we thought this was all going to happen. We knew it had to happen after the season, but it was just assumed it would be next off season with the cap increase, stuff like that. Um, but to do it here now, hey, get it done. If everyone's happy, they probably saved them a little bit of money too, because as you know, as you mentioned, everyone's expecting the cap to go up. They still have to work with the quote unquote old or current salary cap, so probably going to be saving the money in the long run as well and it'll take a little bit stress off of the season right because you don't have to worry about them having to deal with like what zegris and drysdale were dealing with Mm -hmm. like they just know hey it's taken care of yeah getting back to just oh yeah Yeah, because at the end of this season they're gonna have to re-sign uh casey middlestad assuming they they want to keep him and victor olison's gonna be done after the end of this season a lot a lot of their i'm assuming kyle oposo is not going to be staying with the team after this. What do you think about that? Oh, no, I definitely don't think he will be. I'm pretty sure he wanted to stay for one more year to see the team to the playoffs, but after that, I'm pretty sure he's done. I honestly am happy he's here this season, but moving forward, um, assuming we do make the playoffs, assuming Buffalo finally pushes past that cusp, um, it'll be important to have, you know, People in, I hate to say this because I love Ocposo, but it's going to be important to have people in the fourth line who are more productive than he is. Now, what if he, what if he was willing to do like a a one year kind of 1.5 mil for one year if they get real close and he just wants to push one more time? Would you be against it? Personally, yes, I I would because um, even with him being even with him being like a very, very solid leader at the moment, we do not only have people on Buffalo who are capable of taking up that role. Look at maybe like Alex Tuck is a popular contender, Jeff Skinner even, or Brasmus Dahlin. Um, Any of them could take up that role and inspire confidence in the team. And like what you were saying... Like there's 18 skaters who could perform better than him. 
in the system. I think that's what you were trying to say earlier. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at who the Amherst have on their lines right now. Um, and all the perspective depth that depth that the Sabres have between people like Matt Savoy. Um, Benson's already on the line, which is awesome. Uh, Yuri Kulik. Any of those three people could easily take up that spot. You're going to upset a lot of Carla, uh, Carolina Hurricanes fans by saying Jeff Skinner as like a leader. <laughs> well, hey, it's not my fault that he decided to be productive when he got traded. He he, he took his time, though. <laughs> like last year was crazy. He did. <laughs> he, d- he went from being the most like overpaid player, like pound for pound, to being like, you know, reasonable. <laughs> well, look who he was playing with before he started playing with actual players this year. You know what I mean? He didn't have the chemistry, obviously. He wasn't producing, as we all know, but he wasn't really playing with elite, elite players. You know, I think him, uh, who, who's on his line? Him, Tuck, and Tage Thompson, right? Yeah, he's playing with, so, like, that, the best that's of all. Awesome but Tage was also surprised, oh, yeah. though. He was, he, he, we didn't really know that he was going to be the star that he was last year. Like, that was a surprise. At least to me, I, I feel like f- it was. I think he's going to fall off this year. I don't think he's going to come anywhere close to what he did last year. Even if he falls off a little bit for seven mil, I think he's making it to steal. I think I'll be shocked if at the end of the season, if Poso is gone, new captain is picked. I'd be shocked if it's anyone other than Darlene. Yeah. I mean, he got the huge contract, so makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's the face of the franchise at this point. And it's the thing right now Which to is. name your young stars the captain. Um, I mean, I'm expecting Bedard to get the C soon there in Chicago. Maybe not this year oh, or next boy. year, but pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, I think the writing's on the wall for that. I think everyone's got that pegged. But um, <clears throat> going back to like his value, at least Owen Powers at the, what was it, 8 and 8.35? That's it? Yeah. Yep, 8.35. Sure. So, like, the way I'm looking at it, and we know that predicting the salary cap's going to go up around $4 million this year. But say it only goes up $2 million for the next eight years, that puts it right under $100 million. If he's only making $8.35 million in eight years and he's half of what they think they, that he's going to be, he's going to be a bargain, too. Like, I, th- I think that number's great. Like, obviously, we've seen, like, the, the players getting, like, the for instance, the Sanderson who got the con- the big contract for playing less than I think it was uh, a full season in the NHL? Like I think the teams are trying to lock up these players now on numbers that seem big, but in four to five years they're going to seem like a bargain. Just to, oh, to yeah. throw it out there, because you mentioned it, um, the projected cap next season is eighty-seven to eighty-eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's crazy because Owen Power doesn't have any sort of no movement clause until the final two years of that contract. Whereas Rasmus Dahlin, well, after the 2024 25 season, it's a full no move contract, no move clause. Uh, I, I, do you, oh, he's going to stay. Are they, yeah, exactly. Are they expecting like maybe Owen Power is not going to pan out? Or like why would they give him that much money and then not want to lock him down? Or in case they suck, they can trade off some assets and try and rebuild again. Like I'm not trying to be. You're just being realistic. I feel like the Buffaloes of the Sabers have been rebuilding for a while. Have they had a good prospect pool like this before and still haven't gone anywhere? And they kind of had to retool while rebuilding. Yeah, no, and I mean that's completely reasonable to think too, especially with you know the track record that Buffaloes had the last decade. 
But um, yeah, no, I feel like it's just locking down because of how he performed. Dude. They gave him the money. Um, but if he ends up flopping and not producing around or even more than what he did his rookie season, then yeah, I feel like he could be a very solid trading piece. Uh, you know, be it for a goaltender or a defenseman to replace him, um, or even a another star forward. He he could be a very very valuable trading piece down the line if he doesn't pan out. I think that's smart for a team that's not doing as well. Like you know, say like San Jose. They do like to spin big on a defenseman. That they do. That they do. Poor Carlson. And do nothing with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that was one. That's one. You know, bringing up San Jose, it's kind of interesting thinking about the comparison. So, right, they tried to run with two top defensemen with Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And while they typically put up pretty good stats and never got them anywhere as far as even regular season success, let alone postseason success. So it'll be interesting to see how well this top two pairing of power and Darlene is going to work out for Buffalo. Oh yeah. And the way that they have the lineup set right now, Darlene of course is still with Mateus Samuelson. That's the star first line. They're going to be doing great. Um, power and Yoki Haru is the second line. And that made it really interesting for me because you would have thought with the offseason um, trades that we made for Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton that we would have paired, you know, at least one of them, someone who's a little more well-vetted with power and Yoki Haru each as individuals, but that just straight up didn't happen. And I mean, it could happen down the line. We're only one game in. But um, I'm shocked that wasn't one like the immediate. Oh, <laughs> you got oh. to make sure that you mention that it's one, one loss in. One loss in. <laughs> at the time of the recording, anyway, because I'm. At I think the time the Sabres, of this recording. At I think the Sabers are playing at least one or two games before we release this. Let's go, Rangers. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is we're going into the Islanders with the goat head. I've got high hopes. So Cass's comparative corner. I knew this was coming. Cass's, Cass's comparative, comparative corner. corner. Jacob Truber, 8 mil. Jacob Truber. Um, <laughs> Owen Powers at his new contract, 8.35. Jake Sanderson, 8 mil. Thomas Shabbat, 8 mil. Kale McCarr, 9 mil. Or Mikhail Sergachev, 8.5. McCarr, Ooh. all day, McCarr, every day. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jacob. Sorry, Jacob. I don't care how good power gets, McCarr is going to be the steal. And I was going to say for Ethan, Miro Hiskinen, 8.45. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a homer. I'll take Haskinen. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> well, and it does come down to those like uh, extensions. I do have uh, a couple hot takes that I feel like are going to make it worth it. Darlene, I feel like is going to put out more than 81 points no way. this season, so long as he can, you know, crank out like he did last season. But he had 73. Yeah, he had 73 oh. last season, so that's a that's a I don't think that's too hot of a take. No. I mean, it is in regards to the Buffalo franchise just because um I believe the top scoring defenseman in points only ever capped out at 81 for the for the Sabers. For the Sabers, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's on pace to put up 0 points in 82 games so far <laughs> on on pace. Let's go Rangers. <laughs> 
the the entire Panthers team is on pace for zero goals through the whole season right now. Oh, uh, don't worry, we'll oh, mention no. that. Later. <laughs> oh no! At least we got one. At least we got one. I was scared for a second there, especially. So the only team who hasn't won a game yet is who? On this podcast. The Panthers. The Panthers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Very hey, good. We're, we're playing good. the Jets later today, and hopefully by the time you guys are hearing this, we will have a win under our belt. <laughs> so we'll all remember this next week when the Jets blow out the Panthers, and we can all throw hey, that the, <laughs> the Panthers looked pretty good, just got goalied. It is what it is. They were definitely the better uh, team. Yeah, they looked game. really good. They got they got a lot of shots on net right at the goal. Yeah, we had 3.82 goals expected. So, yeah, Gustafson stole that game for sure. Aiden, you have anything else you want to say about Buffalo? Okay, so my final hot take is um, with Owen Powers' extension, um, so long as he um, produces like he did last season, his rookie year, um, I feel like he will pace at or above 60 points. So, so Darlene, oh, like 81, and then Power over 60. Yes. That, you should make the playoffs if they do that. I would like to see that, especially since it looks like Buffalo is trying to take a more defensive approach to their blue line. Um, or at least it seemed like they were trying to do that in the one game against the Rangers. Yeah, saw how that panned out. But if they can figure it out, I feel like Darlene and Power will be the point producers. Um, Yoki Haru and Samuelson will be the ones who just knock people around. Not to say Darlene and Power won't, but that will be mostly, you know, shots blocked, hits, Samuelson and Yoki Haru. It definitely seems like the Sabres are finally breaking out of this terrible drought and just they're they're about to get dangerous well let's talk in june about that see how things are going then yeah yeah uh uh, that way we can mock the sabers then when they miss them (laughs) they're not they're not like they're not like the maple leafs in the playoffs yeah because they can't be they haven't had the opportunity to in the last 20 years (laughs) that's true i i I like buffalo (laughs) so i'm not i don't want to i don't want to talk too much crap on them i do like them as a team uh, and they had one of my favorite Rangers goalies, Marty Bjorn, on there. So uh, I love Buffalo, but they need to get they need to break the they need to get the monkey off their back for sure. Aiden, before you go, give me a first goal scorer for tonight. Tage Thompson, all the way. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Well, thank you all for having me back. I appreciate y'all. Well, we have some other extensions to talk about. That's right. Um, with. The Avalanche, they extended Devin Tays to a massive contract. He signed a seven-year deal with an average of $7.25 million. And to me, I don't think I was too surprised by this. Devin Tays has been the second-best defenseman for this Avalanche squad, and during that cup run, he was huge for them. And 7.25 feels pretty good for a defender of his caliber. Yeah, he's going to be getting paid that for well into his 30s at this point. So I, mean, I think that that is going to be a really uh, nice deal for both him and the Avalanche. As you mentioned, he was really pivotal pivotal in getting the uh, 
the avalanche uh, that Stanley in that Stanley Cup run. He's paired with Kale McCarr uh, on that top pairing. This is a really great signing for them. Um, and then they have the opportunity after these first two years, the 2024-25 season and then the 2025-26 season, uh, for him to submit a 12-team no-trade list. So they still have the opportunity to move him if, uh, if they need to. I'd be shocked if they did that. I feel like this is the way Devin Taze plays is giving Kale McCarr the opportunity to play his style. I remember mm-hmm. th- thinking about, um, even though Mark Stahl's not on the Panthers anymore, Mark Stahl's a total just defensive defenseman. He's going to stay back there. He's not going to jump up. And Brandon Montour, who had a breakout year, because he knew Mark Stahl was going to be backing him up, he was able to jump up a little bit, which is that's going to be one thing to see for Florida. Did you just if- compare... Kale McCarr and Devin Tays to Mark Stahl. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not. I definitely better players significantly. Um, but I'm just okay. saying that Devin Tays gives Kale McCarr the opportunity to put up the points and play the offensive style he does. So I think they're going to want to that that to be their top two, basically for as long as Devin Tays' contract is. Well, I get what you mean by that, but he's 29 at this point, so he he's going to be com- yeah. moving. He's going to be on the other side of the hill, you know, moving forward. I don't think that it's going to be a significant drop-off for him by any means. I mean, he's a great player. He's a great defenseman. Um, but, you know, they have the opportunity, should they need to, in, you know, the next two, three, four years, if they want to rebuild or something like that. You never know. To yeah. get him out of the team. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I I was listening to uh, the uh, NHL radio uh, yesterday, and it seems like, you know, they, they were comparing Colorado to uh, uh, they were likening them to Tampa Bay a little bit about how their their players, their star players are more on the other side of the hill. So I could see in the near future, not, you know, next year, but in the next couple of years, if they need to do some sort of retooling there, they'll have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And I, I'm super against like long contracts, seven, eight years where there's just no trade whatsoever that could ever happen. That's a dangerous thing to do unless it's waived. Yeah, it's ugh, I've I've had that bite my team in the butt multiple times. Is it without looking? How old would you think Devin Tays is? Well, I've already seen it, and don't it's hard to tell because you already know. I already I I literally just said it. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna guess 29. <laughs> wow, he got it, nailed it. What a wild <laughs> guess! Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the guy being 36 when he's done, you know, which is kind of nuts. That same thing kind of like, you know, you see, I don't mind the long contracts on like a Owen Powers or Rasmus Dahlin that's still young, but this kid's going to yeah, be they're young, exactly. in the twilight of his career at this point when he's done. Now, let me give you an example of, of why it's still bad, even if they're young. Brian we did uh, John, no, well, yeah, but John Klingberg was a, a young guy who got an eight-year deal. And that really bit us in the butt towards the end. Oh, Cass's comparative corner. John Klingberg's making seven mil this year. <laughs> there you go. But yeah. Uh, oh, last, that's sorry, Toronto, last year right? Anaheim, he made seven mil. Yeah, he wanted like eight. But say, I don't I don't think Toronto could pay him that much. Well, they're paying, they, uh, what did I say? I saw Morgan Riley. He signed the eight-year contract at 7.5 in 2021. So he's right around, he's making technically more than Devin Tazes. You know, same with Jared Spurn, Spurgeon. He's making more than Devin Tazes. He's making 7.5. So. I think the reason why, um, t- kind of go back to what you were saying just a little bit ago, Cass. I feel like we think Devin Tazes is younger because he kind of like just became 
this relevant defender. Like, he's actually not been in the league too, too long. This is his one, two, three, four, five, sixth, sixth season in the NHL. Um, and, you know, for guys that normally start playing when they're 18 or 19 or 20, he he would have only been, if, if that was him, he'd only be like 26, 25. But he didn't start playing until a little bit later. He was on the Islanders, which I don't even remember that at all. They got him for a steal from the Islanders. The Islanders couldn't pay him, so uh, the Islanders had to trade him away. See, I, to, I to felt like with the Islanders, you just heard about Pelican and Pollock, and that was it. You never really heard about Taze. Yep. I never heard about Taze. So that's why I think it, it feels like he's younger, just because he just now is like being this like top defenseman, and, it, and he's in when he was uh, 27. So, Here's the last yeah. thing I'll say about uh, the Taves signing. It's interesting because it, the, the Avalanche were a team, and there was another team that we talked about earlier, um, not in this podcast, but many episodes ago, that they had some cap room, and the admins for the teams, I know Brandon said it for the Avalanche, I don't remember the other. It was, I like where we're at because we have money to move like come trade deadline. But both teams ended up doing some signings, and in this case, Colorado, where now they don't have money to do really anything at the trade deadline. And I wonder how someone like Brandon, who brought that up for the Avalanche, how he feels about it. If he likes signing Taves this early, you know, get ahead of the cap increase, or would he have rather had money to play with at the deadline? But uh, the Avalanche were already tight against the cap anyway, and then they had to put Landeskog on IR, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, like, Evan Taze is getting a $3 million bump, and then if you if you do get Landis Cog back next year and the cap does go off all mill, that it really only leaves you, like, a mill room for next year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. There's been some talks, though, that Landis Cog might, might be done, unfortunately, which I hope not. I really hope that's not. Really? Done. I didn't hear that at all. I, I didn't hurt. hear that either. That's... Some very faint rumors. That's unfortunate. I think maybe they, maybe there was, maybe they're baseless rumors, but I, I remember seeing it. All rumors are baseless rumors until they actually happen. True enough. Um, let's move on to the last extension. And that for me, these two, the most surprising out of the oh, yeah. we've talked about so far. Oh yeah. On in Winnipeg. Lindy Ruff? No, not Lindy no, no. Ruff. <laughs> that one I'm not surprised at all. Um in Winnipeg, Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck both signed giant deals. Um very surprising. Connor Hellebuck signed a seven-year extension with an 8.5 um, average. And Shifley, the exact same thing. Seven years, 8.5. Both are 30 years old. They were both <laughs> talked about like they were on their way out, but they locked them up. How it, many it, times did we like it was, pretend to pitch Hellebuck for a team that needs a yes, goal. It was brought up on this podcast very early on multiple, multiple, multiple times. I even remember us talking about Hellebuck potentially going to the Devils, which would have scared the crap out of me. And we, like, we and mentioned now all like of a sudden, five to ten teams. Yeah, dude. And now all of a sudden he's... And even Shifley, too. And now all of a sudden both like of these we were guys... we saying Shifley to Boston. Both of these guys are locked down well, well into their late 30s. Uh... Hellebuck, 37. Hellebuck has a full no movement clause for the first three years, and then a modified no movement clause uh, for the for the remaining time after that. I don't like. There was so much speculation that these right. I'm I'm dumbfounded. There was so much speculation that these guys weren't going to be or didn't want to be on this team anymore, and now all of a sudden, 
out of nowhere. It seemed like out of left field. It's they're just, locked down. It's just like they did with um, I almost said Lindy Ruff, uh, Rick Bonus, and and I made the same comment of they're really committing to this because they they're keeping him around even if after that awful abhorrent post game conference when they got eliminated. Um, <laughs> to me, the Winnipeg Jets have pretty much dug their own grave um, with these contracts. Because when these guys hit 35, 36, I mean, you're going to hate having to deal with those contracts when you have your younger players going up and need their big contracts. I think they've basically just screwed their their future. Like, it's so bad. I hear Atlanta wants a team. (laughs) Send them back. (laughs) We're leaving Winnipeg. Let's keep moving them back and forth like every 10 years. Uh, Back to Atlanta. (laughs) Didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. Just ping pong. It's crazy yeah, that, that these that, guys. That is crazy. It's crazy these guys got locked down for that much money. And it's not, you know, it's not to say that they're bad players. I don't think that they don't deserve it. But for no. that term, uh, like you said, Brett, I think they they're digging their own grave here. They're they're they barely made. I don't want to say they barely they they got ousted in the first round last year. Right? I'm right on that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They got ousted in the first round last year. They there's been a lot of talk that they're not really making any sort of moves i just don't understand it doesn't make any sense to me if my team did this i'd be very upset well and hellebuck is even i think the worser of the two because while they're both worser is it's it a not word? worser is the it's the worst the worser of the two i'm pretty sure that's accurate i'm not doing that i'm not doing it okay <laughs> ethan linguistics you can, you can math. <laughs> um but he they play him for Last year, 64 of the games, 66 the year before. On that pace, you're not playing till you're 37. At least not to the level that he's playing at, at the very least. I, there's no way he doesn't get hurt yeah. in, in three years of doing that. Yeah, his stats have been consistent over over the entire time uh, he's been with the Jets. Uh, you know, oh, he's good, but the usage—that's the no, issue I hear for seven years. Yeah, I don't think he can maintain that that goals against average and that save percentage if 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 they keep playing him. You know, three quarters of the season. And you're not going to go out and get a nice like one A one B type goalie deal because you don't have the money for it. So, yeah, the bad bad deal. This kind of reminds me of last year when it came across the wire that Malkin and Latang got extended for multiple years. Oh, yeah. I mean, Malkin was, what, 36 when he signed. Latang was 35 when he signed, especially with Latang's health issues. But Latang signed a six year contract. Oh, my gosh. Malkin signed a four year contract. You know, there was six, 6.1 each. I know? think that was kind of forced because Crosby was. From what it sounded like, Crosby was very upset about the whole situation about those two not being. Maybe, but at the same uh, time, like if that is what's true, like you're shooting yourself in the foot at that. Latang, someone you, you made me look this up, Cass, because this is crazy. But Latang will be 41 at the end of his contract. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then mm-hmm. Saint Malkin will be 40. So yeah, that and that they're going to get another 10 year extension <laughs> after well, that. <laughs> there's two. There's two buyout slots right there used. Sorry, Tyson. Uh, also. In, in the same vein of things that needed to be looked up. Worser is a word in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. <laughs> in fact, William Shakespeare used the word worser. So just call me Shakespeare. Ethan Who? and Shakespeare might as well be the same. <laughs> we we just are. Just look out for um, the upcoming uh, theater plays uh, directed and written by Ethan there. <laughs> 
So speaking about old age, <laughs> we did have a coach that got extended. Fire, uh, Lindy. <laughs> Sorry, Lindy. Um, so from what I understand, there was no money release, which usually you don't really get a money released on coaches, but he did get extended to a multi-year deal. Jesse, as the resident Devils admin, how do you feel about that? I like Lindy Ruff. I think that that was a really great extension by the Devils. Um, he was definitely not given the full opportunity two games into the season last year when they were chanting, you know, that they want that when the fans were chanting that they wanted him to be fired. I thought that that was a little ridiculous. I'm glad that they all apologized, though. I mean, you don't really get apologies from people in New Jersey. So, um, you know, Lindy <laughs> Ruff. Was about assist- liking him, how, how much did you like him after Game Seven last year in the first round? Listen, man, uh, go to hell. He puts I, that more on Schmid. Yeah, I put that more on, on their goaltender than I do their 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 head coach. Right, Lindy right. Ruff was an assistant coach in New York for a little bit, too. I think it was under uh, Vignal. Um, you know, I, I liked Lindy. I, I think Lindy's a great coach. I think Lindy's got, you know, the what it takes to be a head coach in this league. And obviously, that has proven itself with what happened last year against my what, what I'm thinking about with uh, last year... <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. It's okay. Um, Just traumatize me more. Brett is, Brett, is this the part where you say Lindy Ruff was the assistant coach of the Florida Panthers in '93 and '94? No, that's not the what I was going to say. '97 season. Okay, just making sure. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not going to talk about the Panthers, but this guy was on the Panthers. Guy, I'm going to bring up. So, thinking about the success that New Jersey had last year, so they brought in Andrew Burnett, who was the head coach for Florida when they won the President's Trophy. And he was the assistant coach last year, and I it the when the Devils were off to that weaker start, I think people are thinking like, all right, this is going to be a time we got we got Andrew Burnett, he could potentially take over the head coaching role. But because of the Devils' success and all that, they had to stick with Lindy Ruff, and you no, know, and now Andrew Burnett is in Nashville being the head coach there, and so now because of that. They, they're not bringing anyone up. They don't have anyone to follow in Lindy Ruff's footsteps, and I have to commit to him. And I do think it was the right decision, but I'm almost wondering if they almost wish they could have um, hung on to Burnett a little bit, but I think they'll I'm be I'm going right. to be the opposite of Jesse. I do not like Lindy Ruff as a head coach. I think he... How long was the extension? It doesn't specify. It says multi-year. It doesn't specify. So my issue with him, he was great. Um, especially back in the his Sabres days, which, dang, we should have talked about this with Aiden because then I could have brought up the 99 Cup. But anyways, <laughs> um, he he's very old-school hockey, and I think that is playing itself out of the NHL. So depending on how long the extension is, I mean, it's fine, but his style is fading away, and that could bite a team in the butt at the wrong Do time. You- do you mean when you say old school hockey, you mean like more of the ground and pound as opposed to yeah. the fast paced game that we got now? Right. Right. Getting to your point about Lindy Ruff not having anyone with them. I mean, they did let go of Mark Recchi at the end of the 22 season. So they had people there. And obviously, right. the Devils didn't do as well as they wanted at the end of that season, but they kept Lindy Ruff and they got rid of uh, Mark Recchi, which was interesting, I think. I was just thinking, you know. I don't because you know there's sometimes you'll hang on to younger um, players like you think about like with Craig Anderson kind of being in the leadership role for Devon Levi, Devin Levi and Uka Uka Pekka Luka Kanin. Uka um, Pekka Lukanin. 
it's just Lucan and I'm making it more complicated. But anyway, so Craig Anderson was kind of there to kind of be the leadership role. So I felt like that's kind of what New Jersey was doing with Andrew Burnett. I mean, even when Andrew Burnett was in Florida, I mean, uh, Joel Quinville was kind of doing that, kind of like that mentor role. But now they can't because of all the success and the expectations. They got a role with Lindy rather than continuing to let Andrew just kind of sit behind as an assistant when we know he has the ability to be a head coach. I think that's the kind of point I was trying to make. The the way you're talking, it feels like they're set. It feels like you feel like they're settling for Lindy as opposed to, you know, letting, Yeah. I don't think, I don't think so, man. I think that this is a, I really, I think this is a good signing. I think that they, uh, they overperformed expectations last year. They, they beat a team that everyone thought that they were going to uh, fall to. I think that it's a really great signing for, for what they're, what they're doing. I understand what Ethan is saying uh, when he says that he's got more of that old school style of hockey uh, as a coaching uh, style, but I think that it's shown over their last couple games in this young season, uh, what they can do. And I think that they're going to make it a lot further uh, this year, unfortunately, like losing that. to Arizona. <laughs> I was about that to was say a that. shootout. That was a shootout. <laughs> they should have got it done in regulation. Were you the first team to lose at the Mullet Arena? No, it was in New Jersey. It was in New Jersey. It was yeah. in New Jersey, yeah. No, I'm talking about the Florida Panthers. We gave the Arizona Coyotes their first win in Mullet Arena. Yay, us. There we go. <laughs> my, uh, my perspective on Lindy is not to be ageist, but you'd think you'd want a younger lead a younger core. Maybe like a, maybe like a Mike Babcock or something. <laughs> Hashtag cancel cast. <laughs> Babcock is not coming back to the NHL, and if any team does, it's the dumbest move that franchise will ever make. It's going to be that meme with the clouds going to heaven saying, welcome to the KHL. <laughs> And everyone's gonna Join be there, us. and Mike Babcock's gonna be. You know, there. don't don't put it past the Jets. Once bonus leaves, oh my, they're gosh. the kind of team to make a stupid decision like that. We've already seen them make two, right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know which of you just said it, but we did we did talk about the New Jersey Devils and Arizona Coyotes. That's just one of a handful of games we've gotten to see so far. Um, and let's talk about some teams that have stood out. For the good and the bad. And I'll I'll kick it off. Arizona. My goodness. They've proved me wrong thus far. How many did they play more than that one game? No, they just played that one game against New Jersey where they won four three in the shootout. They they yeah. I mean I watched another game. They looked pretty good. They looked really good. They got a few past Schmidt that I didn't think they should have. So yeah, I think I agree with you. They did look really good uh in in New Jersey too. Like that's not a really easy barn to play in, so to come away with a win uh, in the shootout in in the Devils' home arena, G- good job, Arizona. And Logan Cooley is quietly looks awesome. Putting up, like he's making noise quietly. That's not you know he long. had that awesome move when they were playing in Australia. Like it was sick. It was the first real highlight of the season, even though it wasn't regular season. And he's kind of continued to kind of be in that form where people talked about him competing with Bedard for that Calder and I think with how he played I know and it's just one game obviously but with how he's still playing I think he could he's definitely going to be right up there yeah and speaking of Bedard um you know Chicago played two games yeah and he got his first NHL goal good for him Woo-hoo! which it will... took two games yes, the scrub. of last year in his <laughs> oh. did anyone actually did you guys actually see that highlight 
I did. Uh, I, I didn't watch it live, but I saw it posted to our page. It was a uh, it was a good goal. That wraparound. It was a good goal. Speaking about like undefeated teams and one and zero and team surprising, let's talk about the Canucks for a minute. Holy crap! They that yeah, I, I watched game. that whole game because I Same. was kind of rooting for Vancouver a little bit, and so I'm like, they are killing Edmonton here. That was. That's probably the most surprising game of the season thus far, very early in. Like, 8-1 was the final, right? Sustained. Yes, and Brock Besser did not let down. Four goals. He had, he had four goals, and man. Natural what hat a, trick, three goals in a row. Very upsetting because the guy I'm playing in my fantasy league has, has him. him so oh, no. Cool about that. Yeah, man. Um, another shocking one, in my opinion, was the Maple Leafs-Canadians game. Went all the way to a shootout, 6-5. That's a high-scoring game against the Canadians. The, the Canadians, I was expecting to be a bit better this year. Um, not like... I, I still think they're going to miss the playoffs, but you know, I think they proved that they can play up to... With the other teams, we're not going to just be sitting towards the bottom getting blown out every game, you know? Right. Uh, what about Minnesota? Oh, uh, yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry to bring up, Brad, but man, Gustafson shut down insane. Florida. I stopped watching. They had like what, fifty-one goals on sh- shots on goal on that game. Oh, it was forty-one. Did was you say fifty-one? High. It was up there. Yeah, it was, I thought it was something like that. So yeah, the Florida was playing strong right out of the gate. They came and like, hey, we're gonna just throw everything we can at Gustafson, and that was not the right move because then he kind of got in a groove and it didn't stop. Um, I did not watch the third period. Minnesota. Made it three nothing. You seem to do that a lot. I'm like, oh, it got called. Bo-. Yeah, I do. I'm very emotional. I'm sorry. I can't help. It's why I, I I'm not like on you. It's just it's weird to me. Like, I mean, how how many goals were they down? It would have been three, but Dude. it got called back. That's the worst lead in hockey, as everyone knows, though. So like, anything. Well, I didn't know it got happen. called back. It's I just <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's just like, do you do that when you go to hockey games too? Like, if they go down, no, goals, no. Do if leave? I'm there in attendance. I watched Boston. You'll like this. Um, they beat Florida five nothing, and I was there the whole time. I never left. Beautiful. You didn't leave. Oh, they, I didn't did, leave. did you watch the rest of Game Seven in the first round, or did you did you shut it off because you were so frustrated? Oh, I watched. I watched the whole. I watched all of Game Seven, and how many, I'm very out, of, out of that seven game series, how many games did you watch the complete game on? Okay, so I watched Game One. I watched Game Two. I don't. I think I watched some of Game Three. Did not watch Game Four. Turned on Game Five when I saw it was going to overtime. Well, game Three um, and Four, the Bruins won. Yeah. Okay. So you shut <laughs> and it then off. And I watched Game Six and okay. Game Seven. Okay. If it's like I, I don't know. I feel like I have this fake seventh sense to know. I'm like, it's not going our way, and it typically is right. Like they don't. Well, you usually, you usually shut it off when, when they're losing. So, I mean, yeah, well, I, like, know. Oh, I have a, I have a six <laughs> chance they winning right now. That's Five why I say it's, I said fake, right? Off, I said fake. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, I can't, like no, I said, no, I can't. No, it is what it is. To, to me, to me, I just am at, in a state of just not enjoying it. I'm like, I'm rather play video games than watch this. That's just how that's I wild, especially I, I like to stay mad until the end. It could be eight nothing, and I'm still gonna cry about the Rangers towards especially the end. Especially during playoff hockey, like I don't care if, if the obviously the I didn't watch lost, like, Vegas watch win it. game five. I barely watch any of that game. I mean that's that's a that's a reasonable thing though. I wouldn't want to watch 
the team that my you know I wouldn't want to watch a team that my team is opposing in the Stanley Cup final hoist the cup. <laughs> I have avoided so, seeing it. And like I was watching the first game of the season this year, and they're like Vegas. What turned it off? I'm like I ain't watching. I made sure. <laughs> I made sure to because I remember you saying. Nope. That in the I, chat. I scrolled I past sure it. Some I scrolled past it. Nope. I didn't nope. see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep sending <laughs> them now. I'm gonna have yeah, the block on everyone. <laughs> I had a really tough one in 2020 because obviously I'm a oh, Stars yeah. fan, but from living in Tampa, I'm a Tampa fan as well. So I did watch that one all the way, all the way through. Um, but one other team I did want to mention, the the Flames. Cass and I, <sighs> the Flames we've picked to make the playoffs. They uh, won one game. Put up five goals. Markstrom did let in a leaky goal. One of those goals just went right through him. But, I mean, they did perform very well. Uh, against a team that we so, just no, talked about, the Flames are one and zero. How are the Kraken? Uh, they are zero <laughs> two and zero. My guy, mm, yummy. Yeah, it's looking rough. One to seven combined score so far. Damn, everything's coming up cats this week. I love it. Yeah, and it's not. It's not even like it's Grubauer either. I mean, like the team in front of him is just not performing, and they're getting shots on goal at some points, but they are just not going in the net, man. I'm not gonna lie. I can't wait until like it's Thanksgiving and we have these conversations when there's like 20 games on the belt and it's gonna be so much. Like we can talk all the crap we want about one no teams because they won't right one one or two games. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's, and that's what I was trying to tell our our Kraken admins too because uh, you know Alan was very animated. He's so Alan is so upset, so upset right now. There's teams he's down like me there. and and I get it. I mean, I, I would be, is falling. Love I you, would Alan. be upset too, but. You gotta wait. You gotta wait until until ten games in, fifteen games in. Like, I think twenty games is too long. At that point, you have a really good idea of what's going to happen. Ten to fifteen games in, you, then you can make Which, some sort of assessment from that. Does Anaheim play today? I've got the schedule yes. up right now. Yeah, yeah, they haven't played. They're the one team that hasn't played a game yet. I'm kind of just like looking around this. Oh wait, no, they're they're playing. Islanders the, haven't. Um, they're, that's it. They're playing the uh, defending Stanley Cup champions, Brett. The Vegas Golden. That means Knight. I will not be watching. <laughs> you don't want to see Mark Stone hoisting it? Nope. I'll make sure to show it to yeah, you. Yes, getting back to your point, it makes it that much more crazy. I was thinking about it. Obviously, the Bruins lost in 19, that the St. Louis Blues were in last place on the first of the year, and they came back, got a got a playoff spot, and went to win the cup. It makes it that much more like incredible, basically. Right, even when we're yeah. 41 games in, you still don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, like it's wild. Um, I will say, not not regarding just a one-game survey size. Well, I guess it is just a one-game survey size, but the Bruins jerseys, I liked them. And we talked they about this last week. You need to, yeah, because they played in yeah, original Yeah, you need to six. see them on. Yeah, and, and we talked last week about how you need to see the jersey on the ice to really get a feel. And seeing them on the ice, I like them. I do too. I'm right there with you. It, they, 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 the way that the lights hit them is just—it's impeccable. They've got a really good, a really good thing going there. You're expecting Bobby I was wrong. to skate out somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong. I'll eat my words. Those those sweaters look sick. Everything's coming up, Cass. The last thing I'll say, just because I forgot when we talked about the Coyotes, did you guys see who scored the first goal for the Coyotes? Matt Dumba. Yep. <laughs> it was Matt Dumba. That's insane. Proving us wrong at every point. Trade bait. Well, that this is why I love hockey, man, and this is why we play the games because you know we have all of these thoughts in our head that certain things are going to happen or certain things aren't going to happen, and now look at where we are. 
we're being surprised. We've got players that we didn't think were going to do much showing us up. You know, that's hockey, baby. Speaking about loving hockey, we, we saw a story this week that um, they're discussing if fighting should be still allowed in the NHL. Yes. Yes. It absolutely should. <laughs> End of discussion. I'm totally on board with you guys. It with we definitely, I mean, fighting is like such a big part of hockey. Like when people, non-hockey fans, like they're like, well, I like the fights. Like that's what they'll say. So if that was not in hockey... I feel like that's part of losing the attraction of the game, you know, because that's one thing that's unique to hockey other than it being on skates and on ice. But that's one of the things that makes the NHL and hockey overall so unique is that people actually beat the crap out of each other. Well, how many times have you taken someone to a game and it's their first game? And and like you said, they're they're excited because they want to see a fight. And you're like, well, you know, every time I tell someone, I'm like, well, they are really trying to cut back on it. But maybe and then there's never a fight. It's like, oh, sorry. That's awful. I've gotten to see a, a couple fights in, in live. If you look at uh, what the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's doing, they, they're they completely banning it. Wow. You're not allowed to fight at all, and I'm pretty sure you'll get a... a I don't know what the ramifications are if you do. It's probably going to be uh, a match penalty, and you're going to be kicked out of the game. I don't know if there's going to be anything for suspensions or not, or not. But, yeah, they're trying to eliminate it from the game completely, and it's like... That's what makes me love hockey. I, the only reason I would watch baseball in October is when they they rush the mound. I, <laughs> I love that stuff. That's what I'm all about. Like this is why I love hockey because it allows you to air out your grievances right there on the ice and then just go into the penalty box for right. five that's minutes. That's what. And, that's the thing I was about to say. With baseball, if you fight, you're out of the game. With hockey, you can come back out in five minutes. <laughs> I just I I love the way that these guys just beat the crap out of each other, man. And it's like, you know, that's why I watch MMA and things like that, because I, I love that. The, the other sports that don't allow it, not fun. When you have things they like that. They should take fighting out of the MMA. When, yeah, when, they, <laughs> when you have things like that happening in basketball and baseball, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's the reason I watch those highlights is because I love watching them try and beat the hell out of each other. And <laughs> at least in hockey, you know, like like they're allowed to do it. And like Brett said, they can come right back out in five minutes. You serve your time. Your time's up. Here you go. Well, like game entertainment on. aside, my biggest reason for wanting it in the game is... For example, have you guys ever seen the documentary Ice Guardians? I have not, no. I have not. Okay, super cool documentary. It was on Netflix when I saw it a few years ago. Um, but it's talking about like the role of the enforcer. And really cool stuff. I'm, I'm not going to go all the way into it. But like Wayne Gretzky, I forget who his guy was. But he had a guy who was his enforcer. And anytime Gretzky was traded to a team, it was mandatory that that player was traded part of the package. He went everywhere with Gretzky. And the whole purpose of him being on the ice was to make sure no one messed with him. It was McSorley, right? And that's really cool. Dave Semenko? Or Semenko? Dave Semenko. Uh, is it Semenko? That's what I wrote Wayne Gretzky Enforcer and Dave Semenko. Th- that's the up. same thing I wrote, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wrote that too. And Marty McSorley came up saying they played together in Edmonton and LA serving as an enforcer. An acknowledged enforcer, Semenko was Wayne Gretzky's on ice bodyguard. On ice bodyguard. Yep, that's what I was seeing. Marty McSorley's the one that uh, chopped down on Donald Brashear with a stick. <laughs> Brashear got a concussion. And so that's the thing. Like, if you've got a guy like Ryan Reeves eyeing up, nailing a hit to bedard right you want someone out there for chicago that's going to fight Reeves. Hey, speaking of ryan Reeves, 
Did you see the fight with Reeves and uh, Arbor Jackai? That was <laughs> that kid gave it to him. Yeah, I think this. So that's a division matchup there. So we get to see that like a bunch of times. I they think don't get. They don't play each talking other. About the rematch. They don't play each other again until March, dude. What? It's months from now. They must be playing a lot once it hits yeah. March. Because yeah, yeah, they don't play each other again until March. They're division opponents. I think they play. How many times do you play a division opponents? Is it like five times, six times maybe? I think it's four. Yeah, four. Each. Oh, it's only yeah. four. That's crazy. Well, what happened? That that that's what uh, Vegas and Seattle ruined. That. How do you? I'm just curious how because my older brother always about the scheduling. Like he thinks it's crazy that you play each team at their home arena and at your your arena, and then that only leaves you X amount of games for division rivalries. How do you guys feel about that? Would you like to see the schedule switched around, or do you want to see Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard and all the other superstars? And, you know, other players in your barn every single year. So my answer is I like that we get a chance to see every team because one time, one year I was like, I want to see Connor, McDo- Connor McDavid in person. And I got a chance to do that because, I mean, Florida and Edmonton, that's the furthest distance in the NHL. And I, I feel pretty confident that that is accurate. Um, and Not Seattle? No, Edmonton's further because of how far north it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Florida Edmonton. It may, if so, maybe Florida Seattle's first. But one of the furthest distances between two teams. If they were worried about like trying to schedule more division things, I probably would never get a chance to see Connor McDavid unless I tra- traveled like over to the West or something. So I I like that it currently you get the chance to see all thirty one other teams come into your home stadium. That's probably part of why that they have the playoffs set up the way they do is you get your division rivalries there because you're having to face division opponents in the playoffs. What do you think, Jesse? I like the way it's set up now, and that's why I was so adamant about not about not wanting to expand any further because if you do, it, it's going to ruin that even more. I mean, we're already uh, a couple games removed from that because we brought in Vegas, because we brought in Seattle. We had to deduct from somewhere. We had to d- deduct the games from somewhere else. So if you continue to expand the teams there's going to be less and less unless they increase the amount of games that are going to happen in the schedule there's going to be less and less times that these teams are going to be added uh, or being brought into your home stadium i like the way everything's set up now i like the way the schedule is i like the way the playoffs are i wouldn't touch a thing i wouldn't change anything before i give my opinion i want to hear ethan's i agree kind of like to to what brett was saying about how rivalries can be made in the playoffs in fact for me like you asked the question again last week um about what teams we hate and we at least for me the teams i listed are teams i hate because of a playoff series if something happens with a division rival in the middle of the season yeah i might be heated that night Mm. but three games later i'm not really even thinking about Mm -hmm. it whereas in the playoffs that's where you're gonna find your rivals Exactly. I hate I hate Washington because of the way I've watched them play against the You know what really got me to hate Washington was when Ovechkin scored a goal against Lundqvist and he said all series baby, all series and that kept going on the <laughs> entire series and it was like that's that's where those those the hatred for those teams comes from. Same thing with Pittsburgh, same thing with New Jersey and well not Philly because it's been a while. But uh like I I love the way that things are set up now. I like being able to hate teams and then 
hate teams for the evening and then see them again two days. And later. when you have these great famous teams like the Boston Bruins or the Chicago Blackhawks coming into your arena for the one game they're going to play there, ticket sales. So financially, yep. it's great for the teams too. When I went to that Florida Edmonton game, it was it was packed in there because a lot of people that's going to be their one chance to see the the biggest superstar in the NHL with, with Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even for me being over here in Seattle, like I get I get to see the rain with Seattle now. I get to see the Rangers twice because I go up to I go down to Seattle like I'm doing next week, and I'm going to uh, Vancouver the week after. So that gives me the opportunity to see to see you know my number one team over here. So. I, I wouldn't change a thing. What do you think, Cass? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I wish... Shocking. No, no, because, like, I, I was with you guys for a while, and, like, the fact that the Bruins don't play the Maple Leafs once until December 2nd is kind of freaking ridiculous. So I'd almost like to see them adopt kind of an NFL schedule what? where, like, let's say the Pacific Division, they only play... The Bruins play them away. But the Metro, they play at home, and then they concentrate on those rivalries to try and build them up. The fact that they don't play until the 2nd of December against the Maple Leafs, who, you know, we all know what happened in 2013 and 2019. Like, there's rivalries there, and that's the quarter, I think that's going to be about 40% of the season's over before they even play Toronto. But you play them twice at TD Garden. Before December 2nd? No, 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 just in the season. I understand that, but, like, they should... You just want to play them sooner. Yeah, and this is all... I kind of all came up with this as I wasn't listening to your take, so... But, um... Thanks for asking our opinion <laughs> and not listening to it. Much appreciated. That's, that's my delay tactic. My wife, my wife hates off. it. I say, hey, tell me how work was today, and I kind of just, like, go into my <laughs> own head, and then when she's done, I kind of zone back in. But... That's called the de- attention deficit disorder. I got the extra letter. I got the H in there, too hyperactivity but um i think they need to try and get back to playing toronto a bunch playing even even though chicago's not in even in their conference at that point like trying to get no back wait, to wait, wait 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 cast yes 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 you're, you're wrong of course you played the maple leaves at td garden november 2nd gotcha why that's less than a month from now dude i f- hate this new nhl app it sucks. <laughs> it does it suck. In order to look at a schedule, it doesn't even give you a calendar. You have to scroll through eight pages. It's, it's so it frustrating. Was... If anyone from the NHL is listening, fix that now. They they won't. Oh, I know. God. It's brutal. <laughs> and that's the only reason why I missed that. But the the game in December is in Toronto. Uh, and the other thing that sucks is that game isn't that isn't nationally televised either. The game in December. Yeah, so okay. Well, my point still stands. I would like them to try and figure out a way to see. I think it would cut down on travel a lot too, like for certain teams. Like Evan Shattenkirk, I said this last week, but apparently I had marbles in my mouth. Well, that's Evan Shattenkirk said one of the reasons why I signed with Boston last year was because in the Anaheim, his travel schedule was ridiculous. Where if you're in Boston, you can get to New York, you can get to Buffalo, you can get to Ottawa and be back home the next day. Well, you yeah, know, stuff like that. That's just the way that the teams are, obviously, you know, geographically, that the way that the Northeast is built versus the way the West Coast is built are, are, are two completely different things. And I learned that the hard way when I moved out here. Yeah. Very difficult to, to it's move It's like around. the time zone. The Eastern time zone is way better. <laughs> At least I get to watch all games. So East Coast, East Coast. Yeah, well, okay. Enjoy sleeping during the Pacific games. Dude, how cool. I mean, talking about it, like, 
I would love to turn on hockey at four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, it's great. Like, obviously, especially because I get out of work at one thirty over here. Like it, it'd have to kill three hours, and then I'd be able to watch hockey all night. That'd be amazing. But like, it is. I don't know. So before it's we get we move too far away, because I want to bring up a like a counterpoint to what you were saying, Cass, and why you don't like the current schedule. I think with it being as spread out as it currently is, it kind of gives us a better gauge at who truly is the best in the NHL. You know, because when you're just playing your one division a lot, that potentially is saying you're only good against these teams. But, you know, if you're playing everyone, you know, you get kind of get a chance to see who's... I'll, you know, I'm saying this and I'm thinking about how consistently the president's trophy winner loses in the playoffs so it actually might not matter <laughs> i mean that plus like i'm only saying like for instance like ruins compared to west coast teams only play them once a year instead yeah. of twice a year i'm not i'm not saying like completely axe everything like i'm obviously i'm not a schedule master or anything but i don't know i'm just trying to find a way to i disagree for instance the bruins are playing anaheim next week i'm not staying up until 10 30 to watch those games like i'm not so I, next week when i'm on the podcast i'm going to look at stats and be like oh cool this is what happened i'm not going to watch it because i can't stay up that late so so but, are you but if you only play once a year then that only gives that how, how would you do that you would you want the bruins to go play away and then not see that pacific team at all or alternate. That's what I was going to say. So, Jesse, I was, and Cass can answer this too, if, unless you had a different answer. Um, but I was going to say they play that one, t- if they played that one Western Conference team in a way that one year, then the next year they're playing at home. So you'd alternate year to year. I would year. be pissed off about yeah. that. But that would, like, for you, that would that. suck, especially if Vancouver and yeah. um, Seattle both play, like, home and home one year. Then you got to wait two, basically every other year to see your team, which would suck. Yeah, I would not want that. That would that would suck. Hey, no, like, don't do that. Like I said, I literally came up with this idea five minutes ago. It's just kind of in the back of my head, but like it cuts down on like the you hear all about like the dreaded West Coast trip for some of these teams, and like that doesn't exist Bruins, anymore. I'm, I keep on obviously I keep on directing it back to the Bruins, but like they make a trip out to California every year, then they go to Western Canada, Canada, holy Western Canada, uh, Western Canada every year. Yeah, oh Canada. Anyway, um. But it's, at least they're scheduled in a way that you're like hitting all the teams while you're there. Well, that's the other good thing. Like I know that playing the Bruins are playing the Predators t- tonight, and then I'm not watching the next three games. They're all at ten thirty. Oh, Anaheim's at eight thirty on a Sunday. I probably won't stay up for that one either. Pull the Brett, watch one period, and then go to bed. <laughs> I was waiting for Brett to call you out, and then you end up calling him out again. <laughs> I would say I stay up late no matter what, unless it's unless the Panthers are down big. <laughs> But I'm I'm typically I'm typically up until midnight, even if there's no hockey on. So it would mean I get three and a half hours of sleep. I get to watch all of these games. I'm watching I'm watching Ottawa and Philly right now. The Rangers start at four o'clock. All of the Western Conference teams or the Western Conference games start at seven. I get to watch all of it until ten o'clock at night and then I'm going to sleepy. To wrap this up, I mean honestly, I'm about the schedule. I'm just happy hockey's back. Like, oh yeah, it's so hockey's nice. back. That's it. That's it. We didn't. I don't know if we really even concluded the talking about fighting. Keep fighting in NHL. Keep right. fighting. Yes, in yes. That's that's all we got to say. That's it. Yes, across the board. 
I doubt I feel like the only people who feel like fighting shouldn't be there is the people who get to make the decision. Isn't that like crappy? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear if anyone has a, a different take. Please, you know, get us in the comments, get us in the messages, uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere. Let us know. I feel like but any comment I've ever seen is keep fighting in the game. So it's like it really does feel like the only people who are truly against it are the people who actually get to pick and make the decision. Yeah, and like a big fight, that can be the ticket for a kid to get yes. pulled up to the NHL. Mm-hmm. One big fight. Yep. Well, and not only yeah. that, that could that can also just change the whole dynamic of the game oh, yeah. too. I mean, if that's what I if, thought you were going to say. If you're down, you know, three one, and you you your team wins a big fight, that can sh- shift the momentum dramatically, and you can come back, tie the game, maybe even win it. So, like, even in a playoff series, like if you're like if you're down huge, like even if it's like want to say six one, uh, five minutes left to go in the third period. And it's a playoff series. You fight to kind of bring momentum for your team for that next game. So it can even not just be a single game that it gives you momentum, but like a playoff series. Right. One thing that I don't like is like, so I I immediately think back to, I don't remember what year it is, but it was uh, Rangers Devils. The game, the puck hadn't even dropped on the game. The opening faceoff happened and there was a line brawl. Like, what was that about? Did it? I, I don't remember if it carried over from a previous I thought thing it was or whatnot. It was a long time ago. It, uh, I, I don't remember. I was so young. I, I don't remember it. But um, if it was the playoffs, that makes sense. But if you're just going to drop the gloves for no reason at the beginning of the game, like, all right, give me a break. At least give me a reason for you guys to be fighting. That That's well, where I draw the line. They could have been chirping pregame or something. Ethan, do you remember the three uh, the three fights in four seconds for the Bruins and stars? stars? Yes, that's the reason I hate the Bruins. Because that game, you guys <laughs> sent now, so many of our players off the ice. Now, I'm curious if our admin attorney at law remembers that if you remember that shoot shoot us a message i want to know even if they make the decision to remove fighting which i don't think they will it's not going to happen i they they started cutting down on it uh, maybe five six years ago where like the linesmen break it up way quicker but then you just start having players when the play goes down the ice they just hang back and fight there where refs are long gone so they'll find a way around. To wrap this up, I think we're all on the same page. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. So our final topic of this episode, we're going to talk about different goaltender tandems and which tandem is the best in the NHL. And honestly, this is a pretty popular topic because of what we saw Boston do last year in the regular season. Um, Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. They and they screwed up, up in the playoffs, but, too. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> at least in the regular season, they were splitting it up pretty evenly. Allmark played a little bit more, but not a ton more, and they were elite in the regular season, for sure. And so, that kind of has brought up, like, you kind of need to have that 1A, 1B, and so let's talk about who we think, which teams have the best goaltending tandem. So, I'm curious, does that bother anyone that Linus Allmark won the Vesna when only literally, no. basically playing half the games? Yes. It, oh, it didn't bother me. Well, that's probably because Ethan's goalie he feels he should have won the Vesna, right, Ethan? Yes, sir. <laughs> there we go. If if it if it if that impacted, then I think Sorokin should have won. Yeah, I mean Ottinger wasn't even nominated last year. I don't think. I'm googling it. You can look up uh, Vesna votes, and typically, um, Hockey Reference will give you that. Yeah, it was Hellebuck, Olmark, and Sorokin. 
Yeah, Sorokin should have gotten it. I think the only reason that the only reason Allmark got it was because of how they performed uh, in the regular season last year. Dude, they, had, they... dude had a sub two goals against average. Man. I mean, yeah, but he, how many how many games did he play? Cast? I don't know. You look at Swayman's numbers too, though. Like they were pretty. Can they both win it? If they good, if they were able like, to like, they both like... won the Jennings. They won the Jennings. Okay. Yeah. All right. They like as this might be blasphemous as a uh, Bruins admin. I don't think he should have won it. Not with you know. Oh, how many? Who would you have given it to? I, I have to look at stats, but I, I'm pretty sure Sorokin played more games than. Uh, Sorokin played. I have it up right now. 62 games. He won 31. Uh, goals against average 2.34. Save percentage 0.924. We're all marked. And that's on a team that barely made the playoffs. Wait, read that one more time. He played 62 games. He won 31 of them. Uh, goals against average 2.34. Save percentage. Point nine two four. Yeah, Hellebuck wasn't as good. He had sixty four games, two point four nine, uh, save percentage point two oh or point nine two oh. Olmark Olmark played forty nine games. Obviously, his goals against average one point eight nine. His save percentage point nine three eight. But he played twelve games less. Right. And he won forty of those games. Correct. Uh, yes, forty wins. Six losses, jeez. One overtime loss. That's it's, wild. It's funny. It's funny we're talking about Sorokin versus Olmark because the Bruins are number one and the Islanders are number two for goaltending. I thought that was kind of weird because their backup is Semyon Varlamov, and he's he's pretty old at this point. Um, thirty five years old, which is pretty. I'd say that's very old for a goaltender. You typically don't see goaltenders performing that well once they get up there. And and honestly, yeah. I think the reason why they're ranked number two is just because of how good Sorokin is. Like he's definitely playing like sixty-five games again this year. Okay, so but here's the thing. Okay, we just read those stats out, right? Yeah. Here's Ottinger's stats: sixty-two games played, two point three seven goals allowed, point nine one nine save percentage. So he's was right better than all three. Right around Hellebuck. No, he was, he was better yeah. than Sorokin. But the save percentage seemed a little bit lower. You said nine one nine. Nine one nine. Yeah. Yeah. What was Sorokin's? It wasn't better than Olmark. I thought it was 0. nine two four. Nine two four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just barely. There. Math eats it. <laughs> no, it's okay. But but two two point three seven. So so Ethan, you said hot, that hot Ethan math coming in hot. So you said Islanders two. Bruins one. Uh, Islanders two. Who's number three? I'm looking at it, so I won't say. Any guesses? Is it Dallas? Tampa? It is not. They're five. It, this is this is a team that it, they don't really have a backup, and it's not Tampa. Winnipeg? Oh, uh, no, wait. Is it the Rangers? This is, you guys are going to be shocked by this. I'm looking at it. I'm kind of like Wait, what list are you guys looking at? ESPN? Okay, I'm looking at a different it's one. ESPN. Uh, Nashville. Nashville with UC Soros and then Askarov really? and Lincoln and kind of sitting in the wings. Askarov's, Askarov's a... Askarov's good though. I, I I don't know if I would put them in the top five. I don't know if I would put them in the top five no. for goalie tandems though. I would say maybe top ten, but not. I mean, where are the Rangers at? They Rangers on this one. So that's with Quick as the backup. You know, I feel yeah, like- but I mean, but Askarov is is a nobody right now. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I think I'm with surprised. the ranking that we're looking at, Cass. It feels it feels kind of weird because I don't think the Islanders should be as high as they are because I don't think Varlamov's a high That's quality ridiculous. backup. I feel like they're 
they're kind of and if they're gonna do that why like with why jesse's mad why aren't the rangers higher i mean just they're waiting enough to be weighted higher you know (laughs) i'm just reading the paragraph that they have about uh the predators and i mean he had a uh lankin had a 916 saver percentage and he got uh 0.611 of the points when he started and they know askaroff is a high pick like i don't hate them up there i i think i have a future on saros winning the Vesna this year too but i think it's ridiculous that uh new york rangers are that low i think they should be in top five without a doubt the list I'm looking at, the top five, it's uh, Islanders, Jets, Jets, Bruins, Predators, Lightning. Were Jets number two? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Islanders, Jets, Bruins, Predators, Lightning. <laughs> I think that's real. I mean, I don't care what list you're looking at, and I'm trying to take all bias out of it. I don't know how you don't have the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins have got to be number one. I, mean, I agree. Is this is, they have to be. Is, this, is that list, Ethan, that you're looking at? Uh, accounting for uh, Vasilevsky being out? I do not think so. No, this was written September 14th. Yeah, mine's October 3rd. One team that's not going to... I'm, oh. I'm sorry to make this about my team, but no, you're one not. team that put that could potentially be up towards the top is is Florida. Because Where are they? Right now, on ESPN, they're ranked 11th, 11th. which I think is pretty good. Um, 11th, Bobrovsky. Which I bet you, if Bobrovsky didn't have that playoff run, they'd. Oh, I agree, definitely. If Bobrovsky can play the Calgary, and he was pretty good um, against Minnesota, it's just Gustafson was better. Um, you know, we have Spencer Knight in the AHL right now because this is their reasoning. Their reason is because they want to roll with Bobrovsky, but also they want Spencer Knight to still get games um, in the AHL, still starting regular because. Honestly, they feel like that's part of what gave him an issue last year was the inconsistency of the starts and the way Paul Maurice mm-hmm. is is he's just gonna run the goaltender that's playing better consistently until he has a stinker. So Bobrovsky went on a roll for a little bit, and so the Knight was just sitting on the bench not playing, and that kind of like started to lead him down. Because especially because the reason why he left the team was OCD, so that kind of gets you out of your routine, you know. Can you give me the top 10? It's Bruins, Islanders, Nashville Predators, Winnipeg Jets, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Rangers, and Vancouver Canucks. The Minnesota Wild are over the New York Rangers? Get out of here. I'm flipping my desk. They're, it's because it's ESPN and they just see Flurry. So they're like, I, I know that guy. <laughs> I think it's criminal that the Carolina Hurricanes are ahead of Tampa Bay and they're ahead of New York. I think it's ridiculous. Freddie, man, he's <laughs> like he gave me a lot of fancy points that this first game. So <laughs> I am going to I am going to swear if I continue to talk so you guys can keep going. I mean, I'll, I don't think they should be that high, but Gustafson, Flurry, and that Wallstead kid. He's a he's a sick goaltender. Wallstead. He's just going to be in the HL Yo, unless someone gets hurt. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I am not crapping on these teams goaltending tandems. I am not saying that they are not deserving of the spots that they're that they're being placed it's just in. New York should be higher. <laughs> How are you going to put the Rangers at number nine? I understand that Jonathan Quick is ju- is is not the Jonathan Quick of the 2012 and the 2014. I totally agree with that, and I understand that. But you're not going to have. I think it's crazy. Shesterkin. That that's going to. 
blows my mind. So blows my, blows my mind. Their paragraph about Ridiculous. the Rangers, as elite as Shesterkin is, he's the goalie that has yet to play sixty games in a season. So the backup is important. Oh, therein lies the problem. Gone is the reliable Yaroslav Halak to free agency. Arising, arriving is what is left of Jonathan Quick. Halak was not reliable at all. He only started getting <laughs> into a groove towards the end of the season. He's the only reason the Rangers made the playoffs, Jesse. I'm going to I'm going to throw <laughs> up. I'm going to flip my desk. Where is ESPN? Or we we get Jesse upset about the Rangers. It's um, already there. Without that. looking, hold on, without looking anyone, who would be the lowest on this list that made the playoffs last year? The lowest? Oh, I thought you were just going to say the lowest, but the lowest that made the playoffs. If you think about it, it's kind of obvious. The Oilers. Yep. No. Oh, there's a lower team? It's not the Oilers. Wow. Nope. Oh, I see it now. Sorry. Cheater. Seattle? I got to go through the playoff teams. Oh, 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 the Kings. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's 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 obvious. New Jersey's right there too. I was kind of New Jersey is uh, it is new. They got listed four goaltenders from New Jersey right now. That kind of just tells you the situation. Double tandem. Well, I think Schmidt's not proven enough yet to bump them up on the list. But he, he started that first yeah, game. That was crazy. He did eight. look good though. Here's a different list from the hockey news, and it's just a top five, and they have the Islanders at one. Bruins at two, Stars at three, Jets at four, Wild at five. <laughs> it's pretty like, it's a consensus that the Rangers aren't in the top five. I guess I'll go to hell. <laughs> they they don't like Shesterkin, apparently. I kind of understand what they're doing because it comes it comes down to depth. It comes down to depth. Which like, the Rangers reason. don't have. I understand that. That, that, that yeah, I agree with. Yeah, same with the Lightning, though. Same thing with the Lightning. That so, I can like, agree you with. Basically, Even Islanders. Top ten for which you but we're talking about tandems here. I mean, like, Flurry. who's who's Minnesota's backup? Oh, it's Flurry. Flurry. Okay. Flurry. Yeah, but Flurry hasn't been good since his Vezina win. Yeah, th that's what I was saying. These guys are just seeing the name and putting him up there. That's that's got to be what's happening. Flurry had that Vezina win and dropped off significantly. So how are you going to put the top five? See, I like where the stars are. I think <laughs> the, the stars should be top three. Who's their backup? I is Wedgwood really that good? Scott Wedgwood, yeah, he he's really good when he's healthy. Scott Wedgwood, mm -hmm. I would uh, I would argue, Arizona. Boston and New York Island is fine. I'll give you one two interchanging. I would argue Nashville's ahead of them. I would argue the Jets are ahead of them. Uh, if Ottinger has another full season, then we can talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so Wedgwood last season in 21 appearances, he had a 2.72 goals allowed average and a 0.915 save percentage. That's not bad for a backup at all. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Oh, number 10 is Vancouver. <laughs> hey, they looked pretty that good. Kind of the Demko looked I mean, great in game one. So, <laughs> Yeah, and then as you go down the list, it's like, okay, none of these are tandems anymore. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom, Samsonov. I I accidentally pulled up one. I was trying to find a Bleacher Report one because their lists are pretty good. And uh, I pulled yep. the first one up that I see on Google. First name combo I see, uh, Braden Holtby and Demko. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? So from 2021. I don't know why I just thought, oh, because you said Bleacher Report, right? Um, well, I've had to... 
get Sling TV to get my TNT because I have FUBU for streaming cable, and I have Sling just to get TNT to watch, you know, the TNT national broadcast. But now HBO Max, if you have HBO Max for an extra $10 a month, they give you the Bleacher Report, which has TNT. Ooh. So instead of paying, spending $40 a month for Sling TV, now I just have to pay an extra $10 on my Max plan, and I get TNT with it. Man, so that's pass out here saving people that. money. Which of these companies is sponsoring the podcast? I'm, I'm watching out for our, our listeners. I'm not watching out for the companies, Jesse. HBO, give us money. <laughs> right now, I just watch everything on Hulu Live TV. I might. Yeah, that's what I'm mainly doing. But I can't get any of the TNT. I can't get any of the TNT games, though. I have YouTube TV. I'm not going to advocate for how I watch these games. <laughs> Funny year antennas. Perfect. I'm still furious about that, that tandem list. Furious. Absolutely furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's well, just a list. It doesn't really mean anything. My team's number one, and I made Jesse irate. Oh, what a way to end the podcast. I am giddy. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, Jesse. Like, win some more games, and then and then maybe the <laughs> list will change. <laughs> Tell you what, as someone who's, whose team gets counted out year after year, um, it doesn't really matter what they say. It just, I know. it just doesn't. It's never affected me. Is a team really counted out if they were never counted in? <laughs> it, like, so even after we won the President's Trophy, they're like, "Yeah, Florida's probably not going to do anything this year." And then we went to the Cup Finals. So that's the thing. At the end of the day, you you technically everyone was right. <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't win the cup. No one said no one was picking them to be the Eastern Conference champions. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're in a new season. The only thing to happen to we all have to just look forward. The past is the past. The Rangers won the cup 30 years ago. Yada yada yada. Blah blah blah. <laughs> new season. New season. That's Let's get it going. We are only a few games in. We've got a really great card happening yeah. tonight, uh, night of the recording. So I'm very excited that we're here. Uh, ESPN can go to hell with that list. All of those <laughs> other uh, websites can go to hell with their list. Let's go, Rangers. Yeah. And that does it for us. My name is Jesse. And this was Brett. This is Cass. And this was Ethan. We will catch you all next week. Let's go, Rangers. Yeah. the point. Music for this episode was written, recorded, and performed by Robbie Padavano at Robbie Padavano on Instagram.